Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12, through 12, called, To God Be the Glory. I am a person who has a positive outlook on life, and I do look at some situations and say, you know, there are people in high places who are making tough decisions, and I know it's probably not easy for them, and let's pray for our governor, let's be praying for our president and local leadership and everybody who needs to make these decisions. But I'll just say, you need to follow your own conscience. And as you do, let's not judge one another. We've been warned about this kind of stuff. Let's not look down on one another. Let's not judge one another. Let's stand together in prayer and koinonia. I mentioned uh, Wednesday night, we just had such a beautiful time of worship. I tell you, when the people of God are together worshiping our God, it is just an amazing thing. There is nothing like it. And the world doesn't understand it. So the world may want to compare us to Walmart. And, and there again, Walmart's still open, right? Or whatever. But the, there's no other entity like the church. And Jesus said the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. So let's be praying. Let's ask the Lord to change the heart of our political leaders. We can do things well. We are spread out. We want to love each other. None of us want to put anybody in any kind of jeopardy, right? We all want to keep each other healthy. We all want to do the right thing, and that's our goal. And please, brethren, do not be overcome by fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Don't be led by fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. Look, our God has us. Amen? And there are wonderful things happening right now. I think in our spiritual lives, this, this for me, uh, of many, many years being a pastor, this has been an amazing time to watch what the Lord is doing. And let me just add one more thing, and then we'll get into the message. What do you think the Lord is saying to his people right now? What do you, what do you think he is weighing and examining in terms of our own hearts. Let's not be governed by fear. If we trust the Lord, let's trust him. Let's be wise. Of course, we want to be wise, but let's be faithful unto him because that is our main duty. Amen? All right, we are going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. As you locate that, we, once you have it, if you're physically able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's word? I'm going to try to pull up my notes here. Father, I want to thank you for each person that's here and ready to study the word of God. It is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. My prayer is that you be glorified in these moments we have together. As your word goes out, I pray it be led by your Holy Spirit. It would land on good soil and that we would act upon it and walk in a manner worthy of your glory, Lord, of the glory of our God. In Jesus' name I pray. If you agree, would you say amen? Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. You yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, 
we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error, verse 3, or impurity, or by way of deceit. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ we might have asserted our authority. But we proved to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship and how working night and day as not to burden, be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses. And so is God how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you, into his own kingdom and glory. Amen. You may be seated. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. He has given us his one and only son, and it is so awesome to see him working. In Psalm 29, let me just uh, read this to you. If you'd like to flip over there, you can, but just listen to this. Ascribe to the Lord, David says, Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory of the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calve and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says, Glory! The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Everything in the temple of the Lord says glory, glory, because he is holy. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen? And what we are to do as Christians is everything we do, 1 Corinthians 10.31, write it down if you're taking notes, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God. If you live your life to the glory of God, if you make decisions and say, will God be glorified in this decision? Is this about his glory or mine? Is this about pleasing man or pleasing God? You will be doing very well. You know, you could simplify your life pretty much by saying, Lord, is this decision, if what I'm going to do will bring you glory, then that's what I'm going to do. And if it won't bring you glory, then I want to stay away from that. So many verses I could share with you about the glory of God, but I think you get the point. Flip over to 2 Thessalonians just for a second. 
And uh, let me just show you something that Paul says at the end of chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. It's talking about those who don't obey the gospel. They will pay, 2 Thessalonians 1, 9, the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. 110. When he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day, Jesus is coming, folks. And to be marveled at among all who have believed, for our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life, my life, is to be about God's glory. The more I am living, the more I'm trying to realize what that looks like. What that looks like in my marriage, what that looks like in the ministry, what that looks like in my family, what that looks like in my neighborhood. We uh, were playing golf uh, just yesterday, with, or uh, Friday, with some brothers in, in the Lord, and we were waiting for a golf cart Golf carts are in high demand because a lot of people go golfing and they're taking individual carts. And we had a chance to uh, just engage a young man. He's in high school. We're talking to him a little bit, kind of joking back and forth with him. And we just began to share a little bit with him about going to church. And uh, I had a chance to speak to him a little bit. I just said, hey, do you, do you know what the gospel is? And he said, no, I'm not sure. And I explained the gospel. And then he said he had heard it before. But right there, as we're waiting for a golf cart, a young man opened his heart to the Lord. Praise the Lord. You guys out there anywhere? Okay. You guys are out there. See, you can play golf to the glory of God. Now, my golf game usually doesn't glorify God. But that moment was hopefully glorifying to God. Oh, I know it was. You see, there are a lot of hungry people out there. And the church has a vital role in these days because they're, the deepest need for men and women is to be right with God. The deepest needs that we have in this life, I hope you figured it out, are spiritual needs. To be reconciled to God, to have our sin dealt with, to be reconciled to one another, that's what we need. And that's what the church offers. That's why it's vital. What we do is vital. It's beyond essential. It's vital. And so Paul is going to give us maybe three ways that we can break down the verses in 1 Thessalonians 2. First, the visit to Thessalonica. Let's see what we can learn here. The visit to Thessalonica. For you yourselves know 2-1 of 1 Thessalonians, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Now, if you were with us for the first study that we did in 1 Thessalonians, you know that the group of missionaries, namely Paul and Silas, came to Thessalonica after ministering in Philippi. And there are three stories uh, that are focused on in Acts 16 in Philippi of transformation. Lydia is one of those stories. Then the servant girl who is demonically possessed gets uh, delivered of her possession. And then the Philippian jailer. Three portraits of transformation in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi. The last is the Philippian jailer 
because when the jail shakes, when they're singing the hymns at midnight and the doors open, the jailer's really ready to kill himself because as a, as a jailer who was responsible for uh, a, a prison like this and under the Roman authority, if you let prisoners go, it usually costs you your life. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance on Sunday, September 27th for a discussion about suicide with Stand to Reason's John Noyes. Suicide's a leading cause of death in the United States. It's an issue that's touched us all in one way or another. Whether it's something you wrestle with personally or it's a friend who's struggling, it's at the center of our cultural conversation. Join me as I seek to give you some tools to address suicide in your own life or in the life of someone who's close to you. We're going to do this by answering three questions. Why is this important? Why do people contemplate suicide? And what can we do about it? The 633 event, Thinking Biblically About Suicide, is Sunday, September 27th. For details, call 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. See, you can play golf to the glory of God. Now, my golf game usually doesn't glorify God, but that moment was hopefully glorifying to God. Oh, I know it was. You see, there are a lot of hungry people out there, and the church has a vital role in these days because they're, the deepest need for men and women is to be right with God. The deepest needs that we have in this life, I hope you figured it out, are spiritual needs to be reconciled to God, to have our sin dealt with, to be reconciled to one another. That's what we need. And that's what the church offers. That's why it's vital. What we do is vital. It's beyond essential. It's vital. And so Paul is going to give us maybe three ways that we can break down the verses in 1 Thessalonians 2. First, the visit to Thessalonica. Let's see what we can learn here. The visit to Thessalonica. For you yourselves know 2-1 of 1 Thessalonians, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Now, if you were with us for the first study that we did in 1 Thessalonians, you know that the group of missionaries, namely Paul and Silas, came to Thessalonica after ministering in Philippi. And there are three stories uh, that are focused on in Acts 16 in Philippi of transformation. Lydia is one of those stories. Then the servant girl who is demonically possessed gets uh, delivered of her possession. And then the Philippian jailer. Three portraits of transformation in Acts chapter 16 in Philippi. The last is the Philippian jailer because when the jail shakes, when they're singing the hymns at midnight and the doors open, the jailer's really ready to kill himself because as a as a jailer who was responsible for uh, a, a prison like this and under the Roman authority, if you let prisoners go, it usually costs you your life. So he's ready to kill himself. And Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And the man was trembling and he fell on his knees and he said, sirs, do you remember? 
What must I do to be saved? If this is who you guys are, the prison shook, something supernatural happened, the doors opened and you didn't leave and you all stayed, I want to know who you are. I want to know what you believe. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. The jailer opened up his heart. His whole family came to the Lord. I believe it says there they were baptized. And we have a picture of the Philippian jailer actually ministering to the wounds of the missionaries. The missionaries walked out of that situation having been beaten, shamed, illegally beaten, illegally imprisoned because they were Roman citizens. Paul was a Roman citizen. And so the magistrates quickly sent them out of town. To be beaten with rods was brutal. They had to travel, if I, my memory serves correctly, 100 miles in pain. They had been in stocks. They had been beaten with rods. Now you come to the next city, how bold are you going to be to preach the gospel? You still got the wounds. You still got the realization of the trauma you went through. And what does Paul say? God gave us the boldness to go into Thessalonica and preach. Now what if they didn't have the boldness? What if they would have said, you know what, let's lay low in this city. I heard I need some, you know, some ointment on my wound. I'm not going to preach. Hey, we wouldn't blame them, would we? We'd say that's a very natural thing. In fact, they, they might have taken the uh, tact of, you know, maybe, maybe we need to be a little bit more strategic. Maybe let's not witness in the open. But you know what they did? They preached in Thessalonica and a bunch of people got saved. And there was a riot, of course, and Jason had to pay a pledge and guarantee that they were going to get out of town and people were threatening and there was opposition. But Paul and Silas stayed for a little while, at least three Sabbaths, maybe more because you're going to see in some of the language that it seems like they established a work ethic in the city and they were ministering to the people. But the coming, verse 1 to the people in Thessalonica was not vain. If you see, uh, and if you have an NIV, it says, you know, brothers, 2-1, that our visit to you was not a failure. It is never a failure to plant the seeds of the gospel in any region in your neighborhood. You share with your neighbor. He doesn't become a Christian right there on the spot. Don't worry about it because you've done your job. One uh, sows another, uh, what is it? Sowing, planting, water, watering, but God brings what? The increase. Your, your job is just sow the seed. Plant the seed. That, that seed can germinate in its time. You know what's amazing? Sometimes I'll talk to people and I'll have the privilege to lead them to the Lord. And I realize how many other people actually planted seeds before that moment happened. And sometimes I'm just on the front end of that where I got a chance to plant a seed. And sometimes I even have a chance to plant a seed without going through all the specifics of the gospel. Sometimes I'm just kind. Sometimes, you know, you may not realize, but there's people in the city who know who you are and they know that you're a pastor and they may not go to church, but they know who you are. They've kind of, they, they, you've been identified. Some of you may not realize this. <laughs> so you're somewhere. One time I was in a yogurt store. I know this is shocking to you guys. I had a fake mustache on and dark glasses. I was trying to hide and, and I, and I heard, Pastor Michael? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's me. It's true. You do like frozen yogurt, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Here's the point. 
your life can speak of the gospel. And so after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, what I just told you about, as you know, we had the boldness, idea of confidence in our God. See, boldness doesn't naturally come from me, right? It's much easier. My flesh would say, Michael, don't, don't stir the waters. Michael, practice non-rockabotus in the Latin. Whatever you do, no rock a boat, right? Because it's easier not to rock the boat, right? But in my God, I can be as bold as a lion. In my God, I can be strong and courageous. If you, for those of you who know me, and you've, uh, we've had a relationship over the years, you know that I am not a man who, you know, I don't go to a restaurant and say, you know, to the waitress, repent and receive the Lord. Can I have a salad and a cheeseburger? You know. But look, there's times when, have you, have you experienced this? There's times when you're in a situation where maybe normally you would respond one way. And have you ever just experienced the supernatural boldness of God? Even in the midst of much opposition, and that's what Paul had here, this was not an easy place to minister. They had just been beaten. If you're still hurting from the last city, and now there's an uproar in the current city, look, you know, you're kind of saying, Lord, maybe I need to change jobs or <laughs> something like that. But do you know that we've had the privilege in the United States to not have to preach the gospel amidst much opposition? You know that? How many of us can say, boy, I really exploited that? Well, you know, part of the problem is that many Americans don't want to hear it. Let's face it. But do you think that maybe more Americans want to hear it now? Do you think that people, just generally, I'm talking about in culture now, are a little bit more open? I think they are. And I think it is an important time for Christians to seize the day. You've been listening to To God Be the Glory, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is available for free on just about every podcast app available. We appreciate you subscribing and following Walk in Truth. Remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, when you live your life in this way, to God be the glory, it takes care of so many things. And this is really what we've been taught by Jesus and we've been taught in Scripture, is that when, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, if we do it to the glory of God, well, it takes care of pretty much everything else. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. This is the key to life, to bring glory to God. Keep your focus there. Build his kingdom. Everything else gets taken care of. It's so, so beautiful. So I want to invite you to our Sunday morning services at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where we're attempting to bring him the glory each and every Wednesday and Sunday, every time we open the doors. And we do two Sunday morning services at 9 and 11, 15 a.m. And I would love for you to join us. Now, we're in the city of Corona, right off the 91 freeway in Lincoln Avenue, 1009 Arsenal Way. 
We do live stream the 9 a.m. So if you're out of state or you're shut in right now or it's just just too far, then join us at 9 a.m. via live stream on our YouTube channel. Now you can access all this info, driving directions, YouTube channel at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. All right, so I've been telling you about this event, and now it's this Sunday night. It's a discussion, a biblical look at suicide. And it's Sunday evening, and I would love for you to join us. And so it's happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, 6.33 in the evening, a special Sunday evening service. Living Truth is in the city of Corona, off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. The event is free. Come on out with some friends or just come by yourself. We'd love to have you. We'll be happy to embrace you and welcome you to the fellowship. Living Truth is right off the 91 and uh, Lincoln Avenue, as I've mentioned, 1009 Arsenal Way. This event will be live streamed, but there's nothing like being here in person if you can be here. So I'd love for you to come on out, get info, driving directions, and all that you need on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on your app store or walkintruth.com. If you have a question or need prayer, remember we're available Tuesday through Friday, normal business hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, I appreciate you listening. This is Pastor Michael. God bless you and have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Now, come back next week for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, called To God Be the Glory. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.